the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, look out. It's Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. Welcome to our Wednesday. Wacky Wednesday. Taco Tuesday. Uh, Mully Grub Monday. Uh, Thankful Thursday. And um, what do we call Friday? Friday. Um, um, fantastic. No, that's that's Fantastic great. Friday. Freaky Friday. Freaky. Um, I like freaky. Fantastic's a little... I don't know. What what kind of food? Uh, French Fry Friday? Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything we want on Friday. Hey, welcome. Hope you're uh, doing good. Hey, I noticed the other day in uh, Loganville that uh, they've shut down Main Street again. Apparently, they are filming. I don't know if they're still filming the first season of Zotar, which is on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Or is going to be on Apple TV? I don't have Apple TV, so I don't know. Yeah. But I, but I do know that the signs are up, and they're um, painting some of the storefronts. Now the the merchants are still doing business there on Main Street, but they've got kind of a facelift of sorts, hmm. and it looks it looks really cool. They set up a last year. They set up a. I don't know if that was a was that a fake Ferris wheel or was that a real one? I'm not sure, but they set up um like a a fair background. And they had the little buildings and they had the Ferris wheel and uh it was uh it was pretty cool. So mm-hmm. I don't know if this is season 2 or we're still working on season 1, but I do know that Donna piped up the other day. I don't I don't know if we were driving by. I just mentioned something about Hey, you know, they're filming uh, Zotar again downtown Which Zotar. If you ever saw the movie big with Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. which we recently saw it again after years and years and years and years. It's a great and movie. Yeah. It was still funny. Yeah, it was still funny. Um, But the, the Zotar is the contraption. What do you call him, Dan? The, oh, that's the, right. It's kind of a mannequin thing. Robot in there. Tellers. Yeah. yeah. And that's what happened. He wished and. And if you see big, if you've seen big, you know, the rest of the story. Apparently this is about Zotar, who is the, the, the fortune teller. I don't know, uh, but what's behind this. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, she wanted to, she said, Hey, let's, let's go and, and just walk down the sidewalk if they'll allow us to. And so I know where she's going. She wants, she to, wants be, to be on camera. She wants to be in this show. Mm-hmm. And I was very surprised at her saying that now 30 years ago, 35 years ago, 40 years ago, I would have been there in a New York second. I would yeah. have been breaking a leg to get over there right now at 62. I could care less. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't want to be famous. I don't want to be on camera, but you but... do want to be infamous. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be in, you know, for years, I didn't know that that was a, 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 the opposite of being famous, right? Yeah, infamous. <laughs> they're so famous. They're in famous. 
See, now I know all those folks back in the day used to call me infamous, the infamous yeah. <laughs> Rick Probst. That and was a I bad thing. It, I thought it was a good thing. <laughs> I got a card made up and everything. I would hand it out. Hey, the infamous, infamous. Rick Probst. <laughs> yes. Anyway, Georgia still uh, a lot of filming going on in places. It's yeah. really, it's really kind of cool. Now, were you yeah, gonna... I, was, I was just taking a drink there. Uh, you oh. know, no, I was getting ready to say um, we were watching one of my um, guilty pleasures, I guess, was the TV show Teen Wolf. Joshua got me into it. Joshua and Kaylee. OK, and we watched through all the series and there was a movie, uh, a continuation of it in, in a movie form that just came out like a couple of days ago or a week or so ago. And so Joshua and I were watching it the other night and there's a, a part where they're having a big lacrosse game uh-huh. and and they show it from above and it's supposed to be at just some random college uh, uh stadium and because it's supposed to be in los angeles but it was filmed at ksu at the uh the stadium there because i was like wait i've been on that field i that we had a flag football tournament with uh with david uh help me out here david David, uh, David, uh, yes, 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 David. with the red, with the red, fl- uh-huh. red flag football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway, yeah, yeah. um, anyway, we had one of the tournaments there, and so I had been on the field, I'd been in the press box. I was like, Joshua, that's KSU, and sure enough, they had filmed it at KSU. Isn't that crazy? It is because they don't say, Hey, it's uh, it's uh, it's Georgia, it's in Kennesaw, they say it's it's LA, yeah. And I think a lot of the, you know, because they're out in the woods a lot because, you know, werewolves just hang out in the woods, apparently. And I think a lot of that was filmed around here. I don't know if it was in North Georgia or South Georgia, but uh, it was a lot. That is interesting. I didn't know there was a series. Uh, Did I know there was a movie? Is this an old movie or this a new movie that's out? Uh, Well, this this movie is a continuation of the TV series. Okay. uh, Which ran on MTV originally. And I think it was like the mid to late 2000s you know before 2010 it ended probably maybe 2015 oh okay gosh yeah so it's been a little while where have i been so are you you're buying into merchandise you're wearing teen wolf uh, t-shirts and uh and having koozies so your little koozie there i have not bought any teen wolf merchandise (laughs) no hey if you have any if you Apparently, any- to be on that show, you have to be in really good shape and really good looking. So I would never be on the show. So <laughs> that's every show, <laughs> isn't it? Though that's every single show, every commercial you see, every product, pretty much. Hey, if you take this product, you're going to look like this. Or if you're if you're not going to look like that, you're going to attract somebody that looks like that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fall for it. It's not true. That's right. Anyway, that's that's interesting. I still think they should make I would I would go on camera for this. The the story, the life story of Rick and Dan. Mhm. I would I would hang around for that. Would you play Rick or Dan? <laughs> would they would, I guess they would have to get uh if they if they went on earlier in our career, they'd have to get younger Rick and Dans. Mhm. And then, you know, a little bit older Rick and Dan's and then Rick and Dan's now. I don't know who they. Hey, listen, if you'd like to be in the Rick and Dan movie, uh, Sham, we'll get Shamso to set up. a. She'll get a little tablet and then write down your name and your email and your phone number. And we'll, we'll see get in touch with this together. Because, yeah. you know, we do know people. We know the Whatchamacallit brothers who do all those movies. Yeah. Fireproof mm-hmm. and 
raising the giants or chasing facing the, giant, the giant, facing the giants, running yeah. away from the giant. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, I've forgotten their name. The, Kend- the Kendrick brothers. The Kendrick brothers, right. not the Zolok brothers. Yeah, no. Zolok brothers. The Zoltar brothers. Those. Hey, we know Mike Stout and we know Jim Sutton, who are also movie uh, aficionados. That's right. Uh, what was that one movie that uh, our friend Jim uh, Sutton was in? That was uh, uh, one. He's been in several, but the the big one was uh, the Hunger Games, the second movie of the Hunger Games. And then he was a lawyer in um, Tyler Tyler, Perry. Tyler Perry's movie. Medusa yeah, Medea goes, goes to, to court, court or something Medusa like Medea, whatever. Yeah, she goes yeah. to court. Did she go to court? I, apparently, she won because she's continuing to cut movies. Break yeah, apparently. Huh. Interesting. Speaking of, uh, this must be movie and TV day for Faith Talk Live. Maybe we should do that every Wednesday, Talk TV. Kiefer Sutherland, who I'm just a big fan Mm -hmm. ever since 24. And I remember when I came to work here, I I think it was in in like it's, I don't know, fourth or fifth season or something. And I got hooked because you and um, the promotions guy was into it. Yeah. And I had to watch every episode. I've seen even seen the movie. I think there was just one movie, right? The twenty. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't think I ever watched the movie. Yeah, it was okay, but the series was awesome. But Kiefer, in fact, I've watched. Uh, what was the one he was in right after that for two seasons? He had an autistic son. That was a good one. Hmm. And then, then he was the president in what's the name of that uh, uh, series? Uh, uh, designated Survivor. De- designated Survivor. I only watched two seasons because I got disinterested. I didn't care for what they started. They started meddling in the in the story, and it just I didn't like it. But yeah. anyway, but I'm excited about this. He's in a, a a new series. It's called Rabbit Hole, and the only problem is I think we're going to have to pay for it because uh, it's on a streaming service, and it's yeah, like all of them are now. It's a streaming service that you and I don't have. Yeah. So I don't think you don't have Paramount, right? You just have Disney. Actually, I do. I do have Paramount. Oh, well, then you'll be able to watch Rabbit Hole. Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll have everybody over to Radcliffe House, whatever night it is. And Come on over. We'll bring chicken wings and and uh, uh, mac and cheese. Yum. And um, that kind of thing. So if you're in, uh, Shamso will make a list, 404-995-7300. We'll tell you what to bring. It's going to be amazing. And you know, in my mind, you know why Keeper Sutherland is so awesome is because his dad is Donald Sutherland and Donald Sutherland was awesome or is awesome. Yeah, I, I was going to say, is Donald Sutherland still alive? He is still doing those uh, orange juice, simply orange, orange juice commercials. He, he, he had an amazing talent and he played mm-hmm. various characters. He played a really good, bad guy, really yep. good, tough guy. Yep. And he was in this show was movie was very popular when I was in my twenties and I watched it all the time. Animal house. He was an animal. Yes, house. Yes. He was a derelict. He was still like 30 years old, still in college and raising cane. So, um, yeah, that's the first place I saw him, but yeah. Um, just an awesome actor. I love his voice. And, uh, and speaking of Jim that we talked about being in the hunger games movie, he, he was in the movie with Donald Sutherland and the, the, uh, segment that he was in and he said Donald was just like the nicest guy he just walked over to him and you know was so nice to him and very gracious and so I, I had forgotten all about that now that you bring it back I do remember that vaguely yeah wow how about that hey check out our website you'll find out all kinds of stuff faithhawkatlanta.com about the Jesus Revolution movie the VIP experience 
how you can win a $5,000 healthy grand prize. That's $5,000, cool. everybody. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Thank you. FaithDogAtlanta.com. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Faith Hey, howdy, hey, it's Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. Yes, it's Wednesday, and we're so glad to be uh, with you. Thank you for being a part of the family, and thank you for for hanging out. Now, if you live in Atlanta proper, and I guess Atlanta proper would be inside the perimeter, right? I, I guess, or if you have an Atlanta address, would that be Atlanta proper? I mean, yeah, but I definitely ITP, right? Yeah, I would say so. Okay, well, according to uh, a new uh, Lawn Starter magazine or website, Atlanta is the dirtiest city in America. Apparently, they've hmm. not been to other cities like, well, how about L.A. or yeah. Hollywood? Last time I went to L.A. or Hollywood, it was it was disgusting. I'm sorry if you love L.A. and you're from there, but the, the street people don't clean very well. No, no. A lot of those along the uh, West Coast now are really becoming just dirty because of a lot of homelessness and everything and just junk everywhere. And I yeah. went, I went to Hollywood. Uh, well, we lived out there. We went to Hollywood for something and, uh, we happened to show up early in the morning. Uh, it was like five or six in the morning. Well, it must've been six cause it was daylight and there were, you know, people were running and odds and ends. But when I walked down to, cause I love to see this, I thought the stars were cool and I want to see Grauman's, theater mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. that but i was just aghast by the just the trashiness back then yeah uh, just the dirtiness and the tackiness of some of the shops and i thought this is hollywood this is not yeah. the hollywood of the 1930s 30s or 40s not at all no so did they say how they came up with this uh study what the what they looked at no i don't i didn't get that far into the story but it just it's it's one of those you know and I don't know it. It um, I'll have to dig into that and yeah. see. I wouldn't call Atlanta the dirtiest. It's not the cleanest, no. but it's not the it's not the dirtiest. If I remember, and it's been a few years, um, Seattle was a pretty clean city mm-hmm. when we, when we were there. But I I think it used to be, but I think now from what I've seen and heard, it's it's really gone downhill. Hey, we didn't mention this uh, yesterday, but we will. Uh, we are saddened by the passing of Cindy Williams, mm-hmm. uh, who was Shirley in Laverne, and Shirley, she was 75. They they didn't disclose the the illness, but they said she had a, a, a brief, a brief illness. illness yeah. I don't know if I want to know or not. In a sense, you want to know, oh, wow, I wonder what she died of. But then, you know, it's like, yeah, but she's. She she's gone. I back in the day. Now that would have been, let's see, I would have been 19, 18, 17, I guess 18, 19. You would have been eight or nine. Did you guys watch that? Cause we did, we watched it. I don't remember what night it was. I think it was Tuesday night. It we was, did. We, Cause it was usually happy days in Laverne and Shirley back to back. Happy days. Seems like taxi was in there somewhere. Yeah, they, yeah. they squeezed taxi. And I don't even know if that was the same network, but uh, I used to go to over to a, a girlfriend's house and we would watch every Tuesday night. We would watch, we would watch that. So yep. great, great show. We loved it. Jeremy Renner. We heard about the snowplow accident. Um, I don't know if you've heard this, but he was actually saving his nephew from harm. He had jumped off 
the the plow uh, to make sure that his nephew didn't get hurt. Uh, I guess his nephew was out near his car uh, and he didn't set the brake or the brake was bad. I'm not sure there, but uh, that's how he got injured with the 30 broken bones, hmm. et cetera. Wow. He's, he's got a long recovery ahead of him. That's for sure. You know, I mean, have you ever broken a bone? I have not, thankfully, and let's hope I keep it that way. Uh, Elijah is the only one in our family, and that's a surprise, isn't it, that broke a bone. Um, And now I can't remember how he broke the bone, but I do remember him breaking the bone. He's gotten bitten by a snake. <laughs> I remember that. Snake bite. That boy's gotten everything. Of course, Jake. Now, Jake was bit by a black widow spider. Yeah. Uh, and, but, but Elijah is the one that, that broke the bone and yeah, got bit, but we wanted to call him snake bite, which I think is a cool name. I think it's his too. And I told him I'd pay for the tattoo, but when he was younger, he was like, he was so upset that I called him snake bite. Hmm. So, uh, but you know, some people, when they break bones, they're never the same. They ache, uh, in that particular area. Um, they get, some people get, you know, when it's cold or, or damp, and yeah. they and that's just I can't imagine breaking one, but 30, 30 bones. Yeah, I can't either. That's eesh. ouch. All right. Is the Super Bowl this weekend? Oh, oh, it is yeah. not. It's on February twelfth. Feb February. February twelfth. It used to be like the second week of January, but they milked it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, they it. keep doing that. It's just just get it over with. Pets were polled about their favorite sport, and they said 40% of them said football is their favorite sport. So maybe that's why you could bring your... How did your, they <laughs> ask them? I mean, <laughs> if you like football more, speak. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. 19, 19% love soccer and 14% love basketball. Uh, no here in this particular poll i didn't see baseball anywhere so that should show you we need to pick up the pace on baseball yeah if you can't interest your pet how how do you expect us to stay connected what about nascar did they like nascar (laughs) or did it have to have a ball (laughs) they would like nascar (laughs) because it's a car running and you know how dogs are and chasing objects yeah do you ever take the dogs out for a drive without being in a a case or a kennel or yeah usually if i take them in the car that's that's how i'll take them uh oakley loves going for a ride gatsby not so much he gets really nervous uh and sheds everywhere so i don't take them very often well i was just wondering because you know some dogs in fact i saw one a couple of weeks ago it was a little dog and they're probably more apt to uh bark out the window while you're driving down the road and try to jump out and it's like i wouldn't have um, if I had a dog in my automobile, I would have them restrained in some way so they wouldn't jump out. And people say, ah, they're not going to drive. You don't know what a dog is going to do. Yeah, no, you don't. Usually I try to, I mean, if I roll down the window, I'll just do it low enough where you can stick their head out. But not, yeah, like, they, they love that. Do they yeah. like any particular music? Is it like, do they howl if they don't like the song? I mean, nah. if they... If they hear Christmas shoes, they're they're gonna howl or nah. There's they're so busy like Oakley, especially if I have the sunroof open. If if I'm in the Mustang, she likes to stick her head up out the sunroof and then her jowls flap in the wind. That's <laughs> funny. That's funny. Yeah. Well, we're getting set for Dad's dog gadget uh, since they've given 
the dog that name gadget and the dog has learned that name dad now feels that gadget probably would be the best thing to call him mm-hmm. and that's probably a good idea you don't want to you know that'd be like calling me something else now i wouldn't answer to that i'd call it what 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 what, what should we call you rick <laughs> call you uh I don't know. I you don't know, know when i was in when i was in elementary school there was uh the the two guys in the class in first grade that had the most girlfriends, uh, me and a guy named Jeff, but he had a, a few more. And I went home. I remember they used to give us these little notes, you know, I love you and, mm. and you know, Mark Mark X if you Mark yes or no or check if you yeah. like me. I went home. I was so I was so upset because Jeff had gotten more notes one day. Mm. So I went home and told my parents. I, I want, I don't want my name anymore. I don't want Rick. Don't, I don't want Rick or Ricky. I want to be called Jeff. <laughs> you just don't look like a Jeff to me, Rick. You look like a Rick. So, and years later, Caleb came home and said he wanted to be called James. And, hmm. uh, I don't know if it was the same reason or not, but you know, none of our kids, I don't think they ever wanted to change their name. That's interesting. Well, they're not probsts, Dan. Oh, okay. Probsts have a way of doing (laughs) abstract things and, you know, that, I mean, there you go. I see. Hey, uh, what about this uh, Jesus Revolution VIP experience? And it truly is a VIP experience. That's right. It's uh, a trip for you and one other person to go to Hollywood to attend the red carpet premiere of the Jesus Revolution, which stars uh, Kelsey Grammer and Jonathan Rumi and a bunch of other people. And it's just about the whole Jesus Revolution that took place in California back in the, what, 60s and 70s? Yeah. And and, uh, how it involved, you know, Chuck Smith and uh, Greg Laurie and all those people. So great movie. And how awesome would that be to be at the red carpet premiere? That would be really cool. Greg Laurie, New Beginning and Harvest Ministries. One of my favorite stories that that Pastor Greg tells is that he was a hoodlum or a hoodlum of sorts, him and a bunch of other young guys, and they would run up and down and do stuff on the sidewalk right in front of Chuck Smith's home. Uh, I guess he lived in like a neighborhood. And instead of yelling out hey kids get off my lawn his wife uh, and i i have no idea her first name Mm -hmm. but mrs smith started praying for them and uh, a group of them uh and definitely pastor greg laurie not only got born again but became i mean look at he's like the next billy graham yeah basically and so our prayer right there man yeah is prayer you know, me, I'm sorry. I'd have yelled at him. Hey, get off my <laughs> get lawn. Get off my lawn, you hoodlums. Hey, uh, you, Laurie, get out of here. Get out of here. Anyway, I'm so glad that uh, she didn't, and uh, they did make a great decision. But you're going to see uh, the Jesus Revolution. A lot of folks are excited about it. Yep. Coming up the 24th of February, faithtalkatlanta.com. All right, let's take a break. We will be right back. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Faith Talk Live. Hey, look out. It's Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. What a pleasure to talk to pastor, speaker, author, Jimmy Rollins. He's got a new book out, Love Outside the Lines, Beyond the Boundaries of Race, Difference, 
and preference. Jimmy, how are you? Hey, what's going on, fellas? It's so good to be a part of the show today. I'm excited to talk about stuff not a lot of people want to talk about. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. <laughs> We're yeah, glad you're here with us. Yeah, and thanks for talking about it because uh, we all need to hear it and not only hear it, but uh, participate. But first of all, before we get into uh, just the important stuff, Ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching Facebook Live or YouTube Live, Jimmy is suffering in West Palm Beach, Florida. <laughs> suffering for there, Jesus in West it Palm is Beach. 77 <laughs> degrees. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> These people need to be reached here, too. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, the new book out uh, came out, what, January, January 3rd. Let's talk about the book. Wow, perfect timing. Uh, right for this book. Tell us about the book and uh, why you wrote it and what we need to get out of it. Absolutely. Well, I am excited because I believe that uh, this book, someone asked me recently, you know, how long did it take to write this book? And I'm 49 years old. And so I just said 49 years. (laughs) Uh, Really, this has been my life message. This has been what was spoken over me by my parents when I was younger, that I would be a bridge builder. Uh, and bring people together, uh, and not just from a color standpoint or a skin color standpoint or ethnic standpoint, but from a social, uh, you know, economic standpoint, from a denomination standpoint, just from a difference standpoint. And so that's why I titled the book Love Outside the Lines Beyond the Boundaries of Race, Preference, and Difference, because I think we as the body of Christ have this beautiful opportunity uh, to love better, to love like Jesus loved, to follow in his footsteps. And I believe that God has put these words in my heart that, uh, you know, that the listeners and those who read it would just be opened up to the beauty of God's creation, the beauty of diversity and how even in our differences, even in our different opinions, even in our different, you know, geographic locations or demographics, how love has this beautiful opportunity to erase lines that separate us mm-hmm. and really make a connection that brings us together even through our differences. And so I think it's, we got a lot of lines. We have a lot of lines in our country. We have a lot of lines in the church. We have a lot of lines. And these lines are boundaries that are dividing us, you know, not opportunities that are bringing us together. And I'm really excited to take people on a discipleship journey to teach us how to love like Jesus. Now, one thing that some people might uh, think would be a great thing is let's just all be colorblind. But that's something you say is, no, let's not be colorblind. Talk about that. Absolutely. Well, I think we all can identify with, you know, buying a TV in this day and age. Mm. You know, everyone wanted HD when high definition came out. You know, uh, you know, people first started with black and white TV yeah. uh, and then 4K came out. Right. And everyone's like, man, I, I want 4K now. 8K <laughs> is even out. I was on I hope my wife is listening right now because she, <laughs> she doesn't think we need an Absol- 8K TV. Well, but we do. <laughs> absolutely. Be- but we would never go into a store, a Best Buy, a electronic store and say, you know what? Show me something that doesn't have color. Just, you know, give me black and white. No, we said, give me the most amount of pixels as possible, the most amount of color as possible, because I want to see through the lenses Mm. of diversity. And that's what accepting our differences allows us 
to do. We want, we don't want to see life in black and white. We want to see life in the color and the ethnic and the beauty of God's creation. So I believe that we can't say we're colorblind. No, if we say we're colorblind, then we are not experiencing and we are not embracing what God created and how God created us. And so in this book, uh, I want to lead people on a discipleship journey to, to allow the beauty of diversity, not to hinder the Great Commission, but to really help us fulfill it. Hmm. Jimmy Rollins with us, pastor, speaker and author, Love Outside the Lines, Beyond the Boundaries of Race, Difference and, and Preference. Jimmy, I love how you talk about denomination denominational lines, which is very frustrating, right? Jesus prays in the last part of John, which I love about unity. Yes. Are we just not reading that scripture and are we just reading it and not doing it? And do you think if we could live outside the lines that it would make a better picture, imprint, uh, influence to those outside? Absolutely. I think uh, the idea, I've heard a lot of pastors say this, you know, the local church is the hope of the world. And I said, yeah, well, some would agree with that if our worlds are bigger than our preferences, yeah, if good. our worlds are bigger than our opinions. And I, I think we allow uh, what we, you know, believe and what we, you know, our version. If you think about denomination, if you think about the de- the denominational lines, really it's our version or someone's version or interpretation of what scripture says, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and everyone interprets it a certain way. And then we allow the way that we interpret things to divide us, not to give us bigger perspective. That's and good. so the word unity, as Jesus talks about, that word embraces diversity. In other words, unity, for it to be defined as a unity, two different things have to come together, Right. It doesn't say in Psalm 133 how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in uniformity. Hmm. It says how they dwell together in unity. That's good. And unity embraces difference because if it didn't, there would be no need for the word. And so when I think about unity, I think about different things coming together. I want unity in my marriage because my wife is different than me. I want unity with my kids. They're different than me. So what if the goal in the gospel was not to think alike, but to think together. Hmm. I think that's what Jesus was able to do. He hated sin, but yet he was attracted to it so that a greater purpose could be fulfilled through uh, proximity with people who weren't like him. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm curious about this, Jimmy. You talk about um, a, a pivotal day in a class. Uh, was it a history class? Yes. Uh, where you kind of recognize the difference between yourself and other students. Talk about that. This is uh, curious to me. Well, I think it's it's what I what I said is, is like I grew up in a predominantly white uh, Caucasian white American neighborhood. And, you know, we never talked about race and we never really with my friends growing up. You know, we never we were playing. We were in the woods. We were yeah. building goat carts. You know, we were we were, you know, up to no good together. And when I got to middle <laughs> when I got to middle school, we were in class and I had no idea that these kind of things were in our history books. Hmm. So this is a part of American history where there was a, a slave in the book and in this history book. It had he had a noose around his neck. And I remember in that moment, it was like instant lines like Mm -hmm. 
no one really laughed, but they kind of did. And it was in that moment that I felt lesser than for the first time. Hmm. It's in that moment where I began to see our differences. And here's the deal. Like that's a part of history. And that was in our book. And here's the crazy thing is now when we're talking about history, you know, in the, in the divide that we currently are in, in society, no one wants to talk about history, but yet history uh, in the book, it literally divided us. Mm-hmm. But what if we rewrote history? Like, what if we use those moments in history to allow us to establish a new destiny? Yeah. You see, when we go to the doctor's office, what they do is they ask us our history. You know, what medications are you on? You know, have you ever had diabetes? Have you ever had cancer? Have you ever, has this been in your family history? And while they're asking those questions is because they're trying to prescribe something new Mm -hmm. so that we can deal with what you're, what's affecting us right now. And here's the deal. We can't prescribe something new if we don't pinpoint something old. Mm -hmm. And so in that book, I wish I, I I was, I, I was equipped at the moment to say, well, let's look at this. Yes, this is a part of our history, but can we now embrace that there is a, that we must position ourselves and open up our hearts for a new destiny? So yes, we need to talk about old stuff so that we can have new patterns. Good stuff. Jimmy Rollins with us, pastor, speaker, and author. Jimmy, if you, if you would stay with us for another segment, Dan, if we could do that, I would love to keep him on. Absolutely. And talk a little bit more uh, about this. The love outside the lines beyond the boundaries of race, difference, and preference. The book is out. You can go to IamJimmyRollins.com. Hey, it is Rick and Dan with Faith Talk Live, and, and we are so pumped about having Jimmy Rollins, pastor, speaker, and author with us. We've been talking about love outside the lines beyond the boundaries of race difference and preference and dan asked jimmy uh about uh, a time when jimmy was in middle school and uh saw um an african-american with a noose around his neck in the book and and he had not seen that before jimmy just when you saw that and you went home what did your mom and dad say well i tell you the, the shame of what I saw and not knowing how to deal with it, we didn't even talk about it. Mm. That's something that I just kept in my heart. And I began to ask questions and I began to, you know, ask my friends, you know, throughout the years about division and about what their parents are teaching them. Because here's the deal, that was in a history book. But what are our parents teaching us? Mm. What are we learning generationally? And I believe this, I believe that no one is born racist. Like no one's born with hate in their heart, whether it's black or white, right? No one's born with that. It is taught. It is learned. Yeah. And, and in order for us to unlearn something and, and, and in order for us to discover a new reality, we're going to have to accept and embrace where we are currently. And I think a lot of conversations and why these conversations is, is hard is people says, man, I, I don't want to talk about that. Mm. You know, I, I don't want to be labeled. I don't want to be, you know, profiled. I don't want to be, you know, judged. I don't want to even, you know, is that still a thing? Yes, it is still a thing on this side of eternity. Hate 
is always going to be a thing. And I think a lot of times we like to say, man, I love everybody. No, I am African-American and I have to admit that I have biases. I have to admit that I have preferences. I mean, all of us, if you're married, when your wife asks you, what do you want for dinner? There's a difference in preference uh, (laughs) that is very different. And we allow what our, what we have uh, been exposed to and what our appetites uh, have been in the past to drive what we want and the outcome of now. And it goes, you know, the same thing with, you know, what we think about people, what we think about police officers, what we think about rioters, what we think about, you know, based off of what news channel we watch. And these things need to be talked about so that we can experience the fullness of God's creation. Jimmy, one thing I like to ask people, especially authors, as they write stuff, as you were writing this book, what did God teach you personally through the whole process? I think what I discovered when I was writing the book is I was still learning as I was writing. I did not write this book from a place of expertise. I did not write this book from a place of perfection. I allowed God to speak to my heart as I was writing. And that's what I'm really excited about, about this book. At the end of every chapter is what we call a heart check. Hmm. And it's just questions that I'm, I'm asking our readers to ask themselves. And then at the end of those questions is a prayer. And that prayer came out of prayers that I prayed as I was writing this book. That wasn't my goal to do that. But as I was writing each chapter, the Lord began to speak to my heart. And that's what I'm praying that uh, that our readers would allow that same process to happen within them as they read. Hmm. Love Outside, the lines beyond the boundaries of race, difference, and preference. We're talking with uh, Pastor Jimmy Rollins. He's a pastor, speaker, and author, life coach as as well. You can follow him on uh, on, on Facebook. And I noticed you have a little over 32,000 combined social reach. Yeah. That's uh, That's awesome. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, I noticed this in the paperwork, uh, that I received about the book, three benefits of listening to the pain of others. First of all, listening is hard. It's really hard, especially if you're a man, right? Listening Uh, about pain. (laughs) Yeah. But listening about pain is is painful. Mm. It is. Help us. Give us the benefits of listening and how to do it. Well, I think it's evolved even since I, I, I wrote the book and one of the benefits about, uh, listening is experience, right? It, it allows you to, uh, you know, really get into someone else's world when we're able to listen, not to respond, but listen to feel, listen to, to take in, listen to embrace. I like to say it this way. Uh, if I had to give a number one is that, uh, we don't have to have shared experience to share empathy. We don't have to have shared experience to share empathy. And so listening allows us hmm. to of life, right? Uh, listening also, it ties me to the person that I'm sitting in front of. This is right now. I don't care what your past experience has been with someone like me, someone who looks like me, someone who votes like me, whatever it is that is that you're sitting across from, it really it really begins to heal the heart of someone who's sharing because in our differences, when we don't listen, it's easy to now stereotype 
the kind of person that's in front of us, mm. that all people are like the kind of person that's in front of us. Yeah. So it gives us bigger perspective and it, it really allows compassion uh, to happen. And I think also listening, it allows us to go back and pray. Like it really allows us to have information to later on. And I love this. And this is the question that I've been asking myself that I'm asking all of our readers to do. God, search my heart. Is there anything in me that, that God break my heart for the things that breaks your heart? And it allows me to take an internal investigation of the condition of my heart when we listen. Love that. Jimmy, like, talk me- about, uh, uh, sorry, sorry, Rick. Um, you and your wife, Irene, um, have a ministry that you've started together. Talk about that, how that came about and, and what you guys aim to do with it. Well, it, that, that ministry came out of, of history, our hard times. Me and my wife have been married. Uh, it'll be 24 years in June. Right. And I like to say it this way. It's been about the best seven years ever. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I say that is because we got into a, a season in our marriage, even as a pastor, as a leader, where, you know, I wasn't pastoring at home. I, I was, you know, all about, you know, growing this church and, and I wasn't taking care of, you know, my wife and loving her the way that she needed to be loved. And because I was absent, alcohol replaced me. And my wife ended up, you know, in a, in a deep addiction with alcohol. And I thank God that she's now uh, seven years, three months sober. Good. And uh, uh, but while, while that our marriage ministry came out of our testimony and out of our brokenness and our healing and the redemption and the resurrection of our marriage. And now we want to give that away. We want to give our story away. And it's, it's, it taught me how to love outside the lines. Hmm. And, uh, uh, and so on this side of it, marriage equation, two equals one, we're now helping pastors and helping leaders and helping people, you know, repair the breach uh, in the in their marriage, and I absolutely love what we get to do. Mm-hmm. Wow! Thanks for being so candid about that uh, in your ministry and in communication, because that's not an easy one. Uh, I that's not an easy one to let out. You know, yeah, hey, I let, understand. Let, let's fix it at home, and we'll just keep it right there. Yeah, right. But, uh, you guys are amazing. Jimmy Rollins and Thank the you. book. Check it out. Love Outside the Lines Beyond the Boundaries of Race, Difference, and uh, and Preference. Jimmy, what's next for you? Besides the book, uh, beside the ministry, what else do you have going on? Well, we are. I'm going to play golf this week. That's what's yeah. going to be. Good, <laughs> good. Um, good. <laughs> and, and so I play a lot of golf down here in sunny Florida. Uh, and then we're just we're just praying, praying right now. We're working on a marriage book. And uh, and so my wife and I are writing uh, right now and uh, our manuscript is due to the publisher soon. So what's next is we're going to put energy, thoughts, prayers, conversations towards this marriage book. But don't you love how God takes those hard times in your life and is going to use them for his glory and for the good of other marriages? Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Hey, we'd love to talk to you again, Jimmy, and we'd love to talk to you, you and your wife, when you get when you get the marriage book out. Uh, we're we're all into that. If you if you're up for it, uh, we'd love 100%. to do that. Check no, out this. We, we'd be honored. Awesome. Check out this book first. Love outside the lines beyond the boundaries of race difference and preference. I am Jimmy Rollins.com. That's the perfect place to go. Follow him on uh, your social medias, your Instagram, your Twitter. 
and your Facebook. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This, this is Faith Talk Live. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 